Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you are listening to Season 2 of the Athix Approach Podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational vegan athletes and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant-based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, Athix Coaching Services, articles and training programs available on athixfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. Links for those will be in the description, and I truly appreciate everyone listening for all of the continued love and support. In this episode, I'm joined by plant-based body recomposition coach, Maxime Seguin, who runs the Fit Vegan Coaching Program. Maxime has a very interesting life story about what led him to pursue fitness coaching and a plant-based diet. As he shares in this episode, he's experienced a lot in his life so far, including caring for his partner who is going through cancer treatments, training seriously for cycling and Ironman, and using that as a form of fundraising for cancer patients, working as a high fashion model, pursuing natural bodybuilding, working with a mentor who is quite famous in the YouTube fitness industry, and you've probably actually heard of, and eventually starting his own business endeavors to help others get in their best shape on a plant-based diet. I particularly found his story about why he adopted a plant-based diet to be very interesting and contrarian to why most people initially do. All of Maxime's social media accounts and services can be found on his fitness coaching website, at fitvegan.ca if you're interested in connecting and thanks again to Maxime for coming on and being so transparent with everything. I hope you enjoy this episode and without further ado, on with the show. All right, what's up guys? This is Ryan with the 8th Exposure Podcast and today I am here with Maxime. Uh, Maxime is a a body recomp expert on a whole food plant-based diet Um, and I want to say, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with us. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you very much for having me. Were you scared I was yeah. going to scream what I said I was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was ready for it. I was ready. <laughs> Just bringing the heat right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do a quick little um, like elevator pitch about like uh, just real quick like who you are like what you do and uh, and just if you had to just kind of give an elevator pitch pitch to someone you just met sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, ultimately, everything I do is built around the mission of helping people get lean, thrive, and disease-proof their body on plants. And so I run six different companies within the same space to help accomplish that mission. Um, so I would say I'm an entrepreneur. I've, I've been an athlete. I've done Ironman, bodybuilding, powerlifting, high-fashion modeling, basketball. I've done every single transformation you could ever think of under the sun. Uh, so just deeply passionate about fitness, plant-based eating, and helping people reduce their risk of chronic illnesses. Dude, that's amazing. Yo, how many times have you practiced that? That sounds so good. <laughs> I just, it just came out on the spot. <laughs> Damn, that's, a, that's amazing, dude. I wish I could talk like you. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, all right, so what kind of got you into the whole, I guess let's start with, with fitness. What kind of got you into fitness, first of all? Is there, did you start at a young age? Were you always into sports, things like that? Yeah, so growing up, I was into martial arts. So my dad was like, cool. loved martial arts and kind of like Bruce Lee and Jet Li and all these guys. So he got us into that. We became second degree black belts and then it kind of like Whoa. went into high school and then it was like basketball. I'm six four, so I'm really tall. And mm-hmm. my dad is six eight. My mom's like almost six foot. So we're like we're giants in our family. So basketball, volleyball was always a part of the conversation. So I was like, let mm-hmm. me just play ball. Let me just try to play basketball for the team. But I was really skinny, man. I was shaped like a spaghetti noodle. Like I was just <laughs> tall and thin. I would waver when the wind would come around. And so when I got into my last year of high school, um, had some talent. I got recruited for college ball. 
mm-hmm. you're like, all right, like, well, you're you're gonna be a center because you're six four, but I need you to get bigger because you're like one eight, like one. I think it was like one seventy. I think I was like mm-hmm. around one hundred sixty pounds, one hundred seventy pounds. Yeah, and so that's that's when I was like, okay, well, I need to strength train, right? Because that's the thing that people do when they want to build muscle. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my dad, who had done like a lot of like bulking phases and all that. I was like, man, like I want to get bigger, and I'm turning eighteen. So I was like, what do I do? He's like, all right, mm-hmm. here's my old plan that I used to do. It was like 5,000 calories of clean food. There was no shit food. That's a lot of volume. It was 5,000 calories of clean food, heavy Jeez. strength training. I went from 160, 60-ish, my last year of high school, to 240 pounds when I started oh college. <laughs> I bulked up. I got so big. And that's when I kind of like discovered the love for lifting. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I can manipulate my body like that. And just a little caveat, like I was bullied for being like skinny and all that fun stuff. So I was like, let mm-hmm. me just get jacked. That way no one can mess with me. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like what got me into to fitness originally. Yeah, dude, I can totally relate there. Um, for me, it was more of like not sports related, but it was more like insecurity about just being skinny in general. So I totally understand what it's like being in high school, being like the skinnier, taller kid. Like I was always lanky and like, you know, not like totally picked on too much but definitely a little bit here and there and i was like you know what no i'm gonna get i'm gonna get jacked and like put those people in their place you know (laughs) yeah that's the exact reason why i did it (laughs) yeah just so uh you you gained that so how what was your rate of progress there in terms of going from 180 to 240 was that like a couple years No, no no that was like like eight or nine months Oh my god. Yeah. But you have to understand it like I came from someone that played ball in high school. Yeah. And then I just stopped so that I could bulk. So I stopped uh-huh. cardiovascular. I just lifted heavy. Mm-hmm. I never really strength trained before, so newbie gains was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And then I went from eating maybe like 2000 calories to 5000. So mm-hmm. um I wasn't shredded at 240. I was yeah, of course, I was of course. chunky. I was chunky and strong. Um but yeah, so it was, a lot of it was like newbie gains because I'd never really lifted before. Uh, and yeah. then a lot of food and stopping the cardiovascular output. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely happens. Just like um, when uh, a, a young kid, you know, 17, 18, 19, whatever, starts trying to bulk up and starts strength training, they blow up and everyone's like, what? But what are you that, on? That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like working at a restaurant at the time and I gained like, I mean, for me, it wasn't that drastic. It was probably like, you know, still like 20, 25 pounds though. And like my boss was like, yo, are you on the juice, man? I'm like, what's juice? Like, the hell are you, what are you talking about like orange juice i don't yeah. know <laughs> like grape juice and creatine is that what you're talking about i didn't even, I didn't even know about creatine back then <laughs> that's so funny yeah. i wish i did uh, that's awesome man so then you went to uh to college did you get out of uh sports by then were you were you still competing in any sports or anything or uh yeah so actually when i got that big i played in college and i like dominated because of my size mm. and my strength and then it was a year i was like you know what my i met a guy at the gym who looked crazy I know he mm-hmm. was on juice, but he looked crazy. <laughs> and he's like, I do compete in bodybuilding. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, well, you, you get shredded. You step on stage. I was like, ah, let me do that thing then. And so I hired yeah. him and I prepped for my first bodybuilding show. And so my last year of college, that's kind of when I prepped for my bodybuilding show, competed mm-hmm. on stage, was a cool experience, but I'll never do it again. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what got me into bodybuilding to compete. Gotcha. And then I developed... Uh, I'm not saying eating disorder, but a really bad relationship with food mm. after like dieting so hard because it was mm. a very bro type of prep mm. and then bad relationship with food, man. I put on, I had veins crawling up my stomach and my chest. You can see every striation on my body, put on yep. 50 pounds in my first month. 
I yeah. went from six pack to like titties in like 30 days. It was it was a crazy transformation. And yeah, man, for sure. I, I feel like that um, when you crash diet like that, you you just cr- nobody will understand unless they really do it. But you crave food on a whole other level. Like I remember for me, I would go to the grocery store just to go look at boxes of cereal. That it was like that crazy. Like not, not even buy it, just like go look. <laughs> yeah, I would wake up in the middle of the night and open the jar of Nutella just to smell it. I wasn't vegan at the time, but like just to <laughs> yeah, smell yeah. it. And it's like, yeah, oh, smells yep. like sugar. And you just close yeah. it and you don't eat anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very disciplined though to like not have to not eat it. But yeah, you do yep. some weird stuff when you're crash dieting. It sounds so crazy to anyone hearing this who doesn't, who never really crash dieted like that. But when you're in that moment, you become so food focused. You're like a different person. So yeah. I totally understand why you don't want to ever compete in bodybuilding again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. But yeah, it led me to put on 50 pounds. And yeah. then with this bad relationship with food, I think it took me like three years to be able to lose it after. Because every time oh, wow. I thought about dieting, the only mm-hmm. blueprint I had in my head was like crash dieting. That's the only mm-hmm. way I know how to lose weight because it's the only way I've done it successfully. So every time mm-hmm. I thought of fat loss, I would just think of this unhealthy approach. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, okay, well, let me just eat all the cookies and donuts that I want tonight because tomorrow I'm starting. And then mm-hmm. I'd start and I last three days and then I wait till the next Monday. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday. So on Sunday, more donuts and cookies and pizza. And then I'd yeah. start on Monday. And then it lasted <laughs> for like three years before I got a handle on my shit. So was that kind of what led you to the whole, uh, the body recomposition, um, like, uh, I guess specific focus that you have? Uh, that came later on. It's actually once I oh, lost okay. the weight again, I was always the fit guy in my group. I was always the guy that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, when like fast forward a few years, then I got into Ironman, triathlon, racing, mm. cycling, all that fun stuff. So it was never a part where it was just about body composition. I was always training for something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a sorry. There was like a few years of high fashion modeling in like in Europe and Italy and like in New York in between that, but mm-hmm. went into Ironman. So there's always an aspect of body composition involved into my whole life mm-hmm. until I started my first business. And that's when I was like, yeah, that's the thing that I'm good at. Let me just help people with that. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, uh, I definitely want to talk more about your, um, you know, your whole uh, uh, coaching uh, shtick of like uh, the recomping and stuff. But I'm curious about your experience with, um, the Ironman stuff specifically. So after bodybuilding, after you kind of uh, uh, rebounded and I guess you you kind of like lost weight again, did you get back into Ironman after all that, or what was what was the process like there? What was the timeline? Yeah, for sure. So it, it went skinny fat, bulking up to two forty, basketball bodybuilder, put gotcha. all the weight back on, wait a few years, then went back to being at a healthy body weight, and mm-hmm. I was training to step on stage for a fitness modeling competition. Instead, mm-hmm. we went into high fashion modeling. So that's why I was able to work in Italy and all in Milan and all that. So that was okay. like a few years of my life. Then ended up in Vancouver, met my ex-partner who got had cancer. And mm-hmm. then through going through this journey with her, I don't want to like skim over it, but just for the sake of yeah. this question, just like I was like, I need to raise money. Like we need cash to pay for cancer treatments and I can't make enough money to pay for this thing. So I'm like, oh, what's God. a crazy thing that I can do that raise a bunch of money to help pay for cancer um, treatments? For her oh, wow. and for other people. So I was uh-huh. like, I'm going to bike from Vancouver, Canada to San Francisco. It was like 2,000 miles, I think. And God. not a cyclist. I come from bodybuilding, right? We don't do cardio. And so I was like, <laughs> you know what? I bought a bike. I left a month after and I slept in my tent every night. I biked. I slept in my tent. I biked. I slept in my tent for like 22 days straight to get wow. there. So that's what got me into like 
endurance sports, basically. That's what that was the intro to it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a there's a lot to unpack there, man. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like I I don't want to gloss over your um, everything that you experienced with uh, your partner um, at the time having cancer. That sounds uh, like it truly changed your whole life there. Um, so you yeah. you went you went through all that and you got into this uh, Ironman training for the sake of raising money for that, basically, right? If I got that right. So the bike to San Francisco was to raise money. The okay. the Ironman, the racing. So I, I did a few, I didn't do a full Ironman. I did a bunch of half Ironmans, a bunch of Olympic okay. sprint distances. Because people in the Ironman world will be butthurt if I say that I did a full and I didn't do a full. So I did a lot of half Ironmans. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason I did the Iron the, the races to me that was my my escape. That was my alcohol. That was my mm. drug. That was my way I dealt with how I dealt with the stress of being a caregiver to your partner who has cancer, like mm. numbing myself on the bike for four hours. To me, like, I'd rather do that than go drink or do drugs or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's why I stuck with it. And I did a lot of it, as you can see by the medals I have behind me. I had a lot of yeah. numbing to do throughout the years. Um, yeah. But that's what got me into that sport and kept me in there for a few years. Wow. That's amazing. Um, that is a, a very selfless reason to get into that, but also like that's also very, very healthy outlet there. A lot of people, um, yeah, like you said, like they get into drugs, they get into alcohol. But um, for a lot of us, I mean, fitness is literally like that. Like it just, uh, yeah. just get rid of all that stress, all that anxiety to some extent, kind of puts you in a different, a, well, a better state of mind. And it's not unhealthy for you for the most part. It should be good for you. <laughs> I know people would probably argue with Ironman training specifically, but yeah. all the, all the to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so did you end up uh, raising money uh, through that bike ride? Yeah, we did. We raised like a few thousand dollars. We were able to help pay for wow. some of my access cancer treatments and other families cancer treatments as well. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of like the start of me helping people in, in that position, which we do a lot right now with our organizations. Mm-hmm. But that was like the start of it. I was like, wow, that feels good. Because one of the ladies, yeah. she was like, man, I just spent my last amount of money. I have no money for food. I don't have money for my rent. I have no money for cancer treatments. Like this is going to give me an extra like two months yeah. to put me in a good position. I was like, wow, this feels good. I want to do more of that. So yeah, yeah, we did raise like a nice amount and it was just the start of something big ultimately. Yeah. So that was kind of the gateway to what led you to a lot of other things that you ended up pursuing, it sounds like. Um, do you want to kind of touch on some of those next? Yeah, for sure. So again, led from Ironman and then from Ironman, um, I stopped doing Ironman maybe like four months before COVID because mm-hmm. my partner was getting sicker and I was like, I can't continue to train this much and like numb myself this much. Like she needs more of me than what we normally, what was happening. So I was like, I need mm-hmm. to stop racing. Mm-hmm. And then... I was working a corporate job, got let go of my corporate job, um, I think like two months before COVID. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, you're the last person hired and we're running out of money, so we have to let you go. And I was like, man, I got some, I got partner got cancer, like I got a company yep. car, like now I don't have a car, I don't have money for treatments. Mm-hmm. And so I was just stuck at home and I was like, I need to, like, I was doing personal training, I was like, I need mm-hmm. to do this online, basically. And then so I tried, I tried, and I tried, and COVID happened, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and it didn't work. Yeah. hired my first mentor game changer blew up everything and then mm-hmm. that's kind of like what got me into business into helping people not be in her position that is it mm-hmm. that is the whole mission that's always been the whole mission was mm-hmm. to help people take care of their health and their body so that they don't end up in a position with a chronic illness that is again going to restrict the quality of their life that's going to lower the duration of their life or potentially that's going to end their life ultimately yeah yeah man um that's definitely really heavy stuff. And um, 
think that's awesome that you were able to also make the tr- transition during COVID from, I guess you're doing corporate personal training, right? Like for like a, like a big gym, it sounds like. No, I was working like an actual corporate job, like in an office oh. with my suit and stuff. And so okay. I had my personal training certification. So when that um, ended, I was like, man, screw working for someone. I'm going to go yeah. get become a, a trainer at a gym. Okay. Uh, but I, tra- I trained three people and the gym shut down because of COVID. So I couldn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't go back into it. Um, did you uh, pick up your personal training uh, license on the side? Was that kind of like a was your intention to be like a side a side job there, or how did you end up getting into that? Yeah, so I applied for. I, I did it maybe like a year before I got let go of my job, um, just because okay. it's something that I wanted to do. I always loved fitness. I always loved helping uh-huh. people with it, and so it just made sense for me to have it and potentially do a little bit of it on the side because I had like a smallish following at the time mm-hmm. where I could do a bit of it, but never ended up like picking up ultimately until hired a mentor which made the biggest difference yeah i've heard a lot of mixed things about mentors and um, i've heard a lot of people say that they're like a lot of them are scams and and such and then i've heard some people saying that like they changed their whole life um yeah. kind of curious to hear about your perspective there like your experience with having a business mentor yeah to, to me it changed my whole life <laughs> literally yeah, yeah, it, sounds like it, it. It, it made me from like you know, we have like a seven plus figure business now. And I was making $12,000 a year working at a mm-hmm. smoothie bar, right? When oh I started God, all yeah. of this, right? Like a year. <laughs> and so when I hired my first mentor, to me, it was like, I took a bet on him and it mm-hmm. was more of a value piece. You know, he, he was a, he was a Christian man. He was a family man and he was just like promoting balance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I made a leap, man. I, I, I literally, this is a fun story. I have it tattooed on my finger but I had $34.37 in my bank account. And I, oh my God. and he told me like, hey, it's this amount of money to work with me. And I sent him a screenshot. I'm like, dude, I got $34.37. And he's like, hey, if you're actually in this position that you're in, you're going to find a way, right? And so I was like, okay, well, for like two weeks, I was like depressed. I was like, I can't find the money. And then my, my rent was coming up. And so, you know, like I have nothing to lose. Let me just call my credit card company, which again, overloaded with cancer treatments. I owed so much mm-hmm. money on it. I was late on my payments. And I was like, yeah, I need to buy this thing. Can you give me an extension for it? And they did. <laughs> so as soon wow. as they did, I called up my mentor. I was like, dude, take the money before they change their mind. And so he <laughs> just gave me access to all of his stuff. And I literally executed step by step. I worked 16 hours a day for 30 days straight and yeah. turned this like few hundred dollar investment into five figures into the first month. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like when everything changed. But hiring a mentor was the best thing I've ever done. And now I have several mentors in different areas of my life because mm-hmm. they just speed up the process of everything you're looking to accomplish. That makes a lot of sense. Um, with the first mentor that you found, was that just like a connection or did you find him online? How did you find him? Instagram, through the Instagram. same strategies that I use now. <laughs> he gotcha. got me through what he's taught me, yeah. Gotcha. So uh, did he specifically come on to help mentor you with the, the fitness uh, coaching stuff? Yes, yeah, so building an online fitness business. Business specifically, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Sorry, someone just came uh, blasting some uh, some music right outside. I live in New York City, so there's like a bunch of stuff going on outside all the time. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but yeah, so you you built this business now, man, and um, you have the you you've you've experienced working with several mentors. How would you recommend someone maybe finding a good uh, mentor? Um, someone that's not promoting a quick fix solution, that would be a big one. Anyone that's trying to tell you to make some bunch of money quick is lying to you. Uh, and then choosing someone that you align with their value and the quality of their life. Gotcha. And so to me, like the fact that he was a family man, that he had time to spend time with his kid and his wife, that's something that I looked up to. Um, and he just seemed like a grounded people. I had several calls with him before I started. 
And mm -hmm. so to me, that's how I made my decision. Because there's a lot of other guys that are like Lamborghini, Rolex, flexing. And I was like, I don't want like cool, but I don't want that. That's not what I want for my life. And so right. I went with someone that I uh, aligned value wise and someone that actually had history. Because nowadays, how many online coaches oh, are they're there everywhere. for business that like they had, they made a million dollars in like five years of business and they're like, well, we'll show you how to be a millionaire. I'm like, you're not even a millionaire. So I'm like, yep. why would I learn from you? So my mentor was in this space for like 15 plus years. And I used uh -huh. to follow him 10 years ago for his fitness content. So I knew mm -hmm. who he was. Um, so he did a good job branding and marketing himself ultimately. Yeah, which is uh, makes sense why you'd hire that guy in the first place to, to do the same thing for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, I'll, just, I'll, um, just, uh, I'll just drop his name. Like, I don't, oh, I don't sure. care. He's a good buddy of mine, uh, Vince Del Monte. Just because oh, we're yeah, talking okay. so much about it. And then the people are going to be like, who's the guy? So it's Vince Del Monte, basically. Dude, holy crap. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember him. He was so big on YouTube back in the day. Yeah. Um, that is really cool because I haven't heard about him for a while. And um, that makes sense that he tr transitioned over from fitness more over to, like, the coaching stuff because he was ahead of the game, man. He was one of the biggest names on uh, YouTube fitness for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. He's a good coach as well. He's helped a lot of people do six figures, seven figures um, a month, not just a year. Um, right. So, yeah, really good coach. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah, I remember, um, man, him and, like, uh, oh, man, who was the, the towel chin-up guy? I forget his name. Um, it was, like, Andrew something. I forget. His the whole Cavalier thing was, like, guy? Jeff? Not Jeff Cavalier. He's been around forever. He's still posting yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, I forget his name. He, he was really, uh, really, really popular back then. Um, but he got really, like, infamous for doing towel chin-ups, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, if you Body if you saw about oh, it's older guy like super buff, Scooby. Remember Scooby? Not Scooby. Scooby's still around too. Uh, that guy's uh, he was vegan for a little bit actually. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. oh Scooby, Scooby's a legend. Uh, I, yeah, he's he's one of the OGs. No, I can't remember this guy's name. I think it was like Andrew Chang or something maybe or oh, I forget. That, that sounds familiar. It was something. I forget. Either way, I mean, like those uh, those guys were ahead of the curve there, and they were onto something. So um, that's that's cool that you you latched onto somebody um, who obviously knows what they're doing and uh, got a lot of help out of it. Yeah, and I've been with them for like um, three plus years now. Yeah, in a while. Oh yeah, so that's that's clearly uh, helping a ton. Make that's making me think about uh, considering uh, like a business mentor or something because, uh, like I said, I heard there's mixed reviews for a while, and uh, I'm glad to hear that you've had a really good experience with it. Yeah, a big um, part is. So I'll put it this way for a lot of people that are looking for mentors. Mm -hmm. They're not going to save you. They're not going to do the work for you, right? They'll tell you how to do it. You actually have to do it. <laughs> That's what most yeah. people get confused. Like, I'll get a mentor. Like, it'll just solve everything. It doesn't solve shit. They're like, here are the steps. Yeah. Do the steps. You still have to do the work at the end of the day. But right. instead of you going through 20 missteps, they're like, hey, those are all stupid mistakes. Don't do these things. Do exactly that. You'll get to where you want to faster. That's what a mentor yeah. does. Yeah, that's the importance of, uh, you know, that's where fitness, uh, the coaching with fitness comes into play, too, because, you know, someone can tell you all the things to do, the ex the perfect way to do everything. And if the person doesn't have the mindset for it or they're, not, they're just not putting in the work, then, yeah, they're never going to get there. So that's a lot of people who might be listening to this could relate to, you know, it's like you got to you got to make an actionable plan and then actually execute it. Yeah, man, I, I don't want to say the word lazy, but kind of lazy. I'm just very efficient so if uh -huh. i go in a grocery store and i want to find something i ask the person that knows where it is i don't i'm mm -hmm. going to look five different aisles 
if I want to improve my finances or build a corporate structure, I will go to the person that knows how to do it. If I want to get fitter, exactly. I'm going to the person that knows how to do it. Why do I need to figure it out? Why do I need to read a hundred books? He can tell me exactly everything I need from those a hundred books and then a straight path. Like, why do I need to figure it out? Exactly. Ultimately, it costs money to do that. Mm -hmm. But what's your return on investment on something like that? Right? It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times it's, it's worth putting the money in because these people, they make it their, their life, their job, whatever, to, to learn everything. And you got to go to the experts, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to get, um, I don't know, like your car broke down, you're not going to try to do it yourself all the time. You know, there's not the time or <laughs> the, the money or anything for that, but you want to go to the expert who's spent their whole life doing it and, you know, you can use their time. <laughs> so yeah. that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, there's, I think there's two different types of people in the world. There's the people that will go on YouTube and trying to figure out how to fix their car themselves. Um, <laughs> I don't know what your level of confidence is to drive that car after you fix it yourself. Yeah. Or there's people that are going to go to a mechanic, right? So to me, with the bigger impact that I want to have, it doesn't make sense for me to be a master at all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Let me just hire the people that are masters. As you build, you're able to afford more. I didn't start there at 34 bucks in my bank account. But as yep. you build, you're able to afford more things and then you're able to move a lot faster. Then you have a vehicle that moves a lot faster versus trying to master everything, which is going to bring you nowhere, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't be uh, good, amazing with everything. There's just not enough time either. So, yeah, um, I love that. I love that advice, man. Just uh, turning to the expert when you need to, you know, trusting the people who uh, got there before you to, you know, to help you out. I mean, that's that's so important. Um, Maxime, I also want to go, so we didn't get to touch on it yet. I really want to, um, I want to hear about, um, your reasons for, for switching to a plant-based diet and everything. Um, where yeah. in this, where in this timeline so far did you, um, go plant, uh, to a plant-based diet specifically? Post bodybuilding, being fat to modeling. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Because so did you get, sorry. oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say because I was I was training with a buddy, when I started to get a handle on my body and I kind of like got over the emotional eating part, I was training with a friend of mine and he was like, I need to go to a friend's apartment after. I was like, you drove me here, so I have to go with you, so it's fine. So I go mm -hmm. with him. He opens the door. There's a runway, like a high fashion runway in the person's apartment. I'm like, what kind of friend you have here? What? Yeah, and he's like, well, it's my modeling agent. I'm here to get my com cards, which are like your business card for modeling. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. I was like, okay, cool. I'll just wait here. And then she looks at me. Mind you, I'm 240, like extra large, 2XL large. I'm like, I'm skinny now. I'm like 200 pounds. I was like 240. And then she's like, I see something under those big chubby cheeks. I was like, why don't you, oh try, like, why don't you try losing some weight and see if we can get you a shoot? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I did bodybuilding. I did powerlifting. I've tried it all. Let me just try and do this thing. And so I did a cut, did a photo shoot. Mm -hmm. I wasn't vegan yet. Because I want to, I, I didn't know veganism was a thing, to be honest with you. I was like, I just mm -hmm. need to get lean for the photo shoot. I got lean. She's like, you look great. You booked a job. You made some money. And I think mm -hmm. I was working at Subway at the time. So I was like, what? People took photos of me and I get money and I don't have to work eight hours at Subway today. This is great. <laughs> and so I was like, this is a much better job. Let me do more of this. Yeah. And she told me you're too big, right? Like you're, because you're tall, you have to do high fashions. So you have to be really skinny. Mm. And then I was like, like, if you think of like a suit, I was maybe like a 44 and mm -hmm. she's like, you need to fit in a 38. I mean, it's oh a lot God. of lats and chest that has to go away to fit yep. in a 38. And so um, I went on Google. I'm like, what's a diet that's going to allow me to be the skinniest? And then vegan showed up. Like, vegans are skinny and weak. I was like, well, I don't care if I'm weak. I just need to be skinny. And so I went what? vegan the next day. 
Dude, that is the funniest story for why you went uh, plant-based there. That's that's like the exact opposite. Like, no, people don't want to go vegan for that reason. And you're like, hey, I want to get as skinny as possible. I want to lose muscle. I'm going to go. I'm going to go vegan. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically I stopped. I went vegan the next day. I stopped strength training. I just did cardio for a year. I lost mm-hmm. 80 pounds. So. Oh, my God. What I did is what everyone does to try to get fit. <laughs> I did the exact same thing to try to get as skinny as possible, which says a lot about people's methodology to get fit. Like your yeah. audience is a bit more educated about fitness. You said powerlifting and all that. So, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, they're going to eat vegan, do a shit ton of cardio, no strength training, and they hope they're going to get fit, right? Like that's yeah. what I did to get skinny. Yeah. So it says a lot. Yeah. Or a lot of the high intensity interval training stuff or, um, you know, a lot of circuit training, things like that. Um, that's, that's funny. That's definitely how a lot of people were like, Hey, this is going to get me uh, in the best shape possible. Right. And in yeah. actuality, it'll probably just get you skinny, Yeah. <laughs> which I like, lost, you know, is I lost it's like, pretty much yeah. all my muscle mass, which was the mm. point. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I, I just, I love hearing that story, dude. That's, that makes me crack up. That's, that's hilarious. It's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go vegan to lose all my gains. <laughs> I actually, I made myself a hoodie. It says losing gains. I literally did. I have a photo of me in the gym, like, man, almost like nine years ago. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's hilarious. Um, so that was the reason why uh, you switched to a plant-based diet. Um, what made you stay on a plant-based diet? Because I feel like those those have to be different reasons, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, um, again, I was a big meat eater. I grew up on a farm. Like, we, like, mm. killed our own chicken, our own geese every year. Like, we were, like, redneck, redneck, living on a farm, living off the farm. Mm-hmm. And so we made funds of vegans. And so my my whole food was around chicken, steak, dairy, cheese, all this, all that stuff. So when I went yeah. vegan, I think within a matter of weeks, my nose started clearing up. Mm. I could breathe better. And then there was a tension in my forehead that went away. But the crazy part, I didn't even know my nose was clogged and I had tension in my forehead because that's how I'd lived my whole life. So it was like, that's just how I feel. And then until I felt differently, I was like, oh, my God, I can breathe better. And then the fogginess that lifted off my brain, I always had a hard Mm -hmm. time in school. I always thought I was slow Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like a a hard time focusing. And when that lifted, I was like, God damn, I'm actually really smart. I can retain information. I can focus more clearly. Mm-hmm. And so I got smarter in my nose and didn't clog up anymore. So I was the first two changes. And then my mm-hmm. digestion got better and then my skin got better and then my recovery got better. So it kind of like slowly mm-hmm. ease into it. And I stayed vegan because I was modeling for like two, three years. Mm-hmm. And then when I was almost done modeling, I was like, I just feel so good. Like, why do I need to go back to eating meat? So ultimately I just yeah. stayed and it's been over nine years now. That's awesome. And you're a big proponent of whole food plant-based, right? Specifically? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's, that's kind of how you coach all of, uh, your, your clients, right. With the uh, whole food plant-based diet. Um, and your yeah. goal is to kind of, most of your clients come to you for recomping, right? So they want to lose body fat. They want to build muscle. Um, yeah. what, uh, what made you, how did you find this specific niche there? Um, curious to hear about like, you know, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but, um, maybe if you want to get like a little more in depth, I feel like that'd be pretty interesting. For sure. Well, I'll give you the real reason. And I do tell people that on our calls together. Hey, listen, my mission is to help reduce your risk of chronic illnesses. Mm. So what's the best way for me to have control over that person, that area of that person's life that would cause them to disease proof their body? Two things, Mm. being active, eating whole food plant based. Mm. What can I give them 
so that I get that in return. Everyone wants to lose weight and be fit. I was like, mm. great, let me help people improve their body composition so I can make them eat in a way that's gonna reduce your risk of chronic illnesses. Mm. That simple. <laughs> that's why I put it that way. That's why I built it around that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, let's touch on some more, I'm curious about like what an average day of eating kind of looks like for you um, specifically. Um, what, uh, what kind of meals do you eat like higher protein in general still, or do you kind of just like eat for, for health over anything else? Um, uh, what's well, your approach I'm doing, there? I'm doing a cut right now. So my okay. protein is a little bit higher cause I'm in a deficit. Um, I'm like, I'm a few weeks in, I'm like, uh, sorry, like a month and a half, two months into the cut right now. So I'm probably like 25, 2600 calories. So it's a little bit, a mm-hmm. lot lower. Um, usually I will like maintain or bulk around like 34. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of hunger. That's why I have my sparkling water here. But I love it. Typically, I'll start a smoothie off in the morning. Um, uh-huh. and I'll have a little like like one super protein powder in there, unsweet almond milk, some bananas, some berries, some spinach, some kale, some chard, um, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of flaxseed in there, and uh, add some ice cubes and throw huge volume on that. And then for lunch, we're probably gonna have like a Buddha bowl with some tempeh, some beans, some rice, a bunch of different vegetables, some avocado. Mm-hmm. And then for dinner, just whatever my fiance and I want to make. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. like vegan tacos, vegan wraps, simple, really simple meals. But it's it's, yeah. it's either like a stir fry or a Buddha bowl, which is basically a, a stir fry is a cooked Buddha bowl. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. So variations of that just so we can have more diversity with the grains and the vegetables that we add in there. But yeah. right now I'm about three meals a day just because calories are lower. When they're higher, mm-hmm. I'll have more meals. But I like to kind of like sparse my food later um in the day because if i start eating yeah. at like 7 a.m man yeah. I'm, i'll be done my food by noon and i have nothing to eat so i'm just kind of like delaying it a little bit yeah that's usually my approach too whenever i start like cutting um or trying to stay leaner or something i usually push my breakfast to like i don't really i wouldn't really call it intermittent fasting it's not really that intentional i usually put push breakfast to like noon maybe even like 2 p.m or so um, yeah. but yeah that that really just helps me a lot um are you a coffee drinker by any chance I cut out caffeine in January fully. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how would you how would you uh, describe your uh, experience of cutting out caffeine? Um, I've done it multiple times before, but this is the uh-huh. longest I've kept it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it just the first week you're always tired, so I always tell people if you're gonna cut it out, like be ready to take naps if your schedule allows it. So I always, mm-hmm. when I cut it out, I was in Cabo for a two week vacation, um, where proposed to my fiance it was like super cool on the boat. It was awesome. Um, oh, nice. So I was just taking some naps <laughs> when I cut it out. <laughs> and then ultimately your system kind of regulates and your natural energy starts to come back up a little bit uh, better. But yeah, mm-hmm. to me, I just, I needed to cut it out at that time. So yeah, just a little tired for a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cut it out a few times before too. And um, I kept putting it back in just because I just, I love coffee, man. Uh, I'm definitely addicted to caffeine at this point. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I just like, I feel like coffee just makes me a little happier in the morning, probably because I'm addicted to the caffeine. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah. here's what I found. It makes me dumber to drink coffee. Really? Yeah. So that's a, that's a whole reason why I stopped drinking it. So when I was you just don't feel as sharp. No, it's not that I feel as sharp. I feel scattered. So mm. when I was in Mexico, when I was reading my book in the morning, I was reading full comprehension. Great. And I pride myself on being pretty smart figuring out complex systems and making them simple all that fun stuff right so there's like it's a piece of my identity 
right? That might bring it 100%. And so I was reading and I started drinking coffee and then I start to skip words. I start to skip line. And I'm like, mm. I got to reread the page and reread the page. And then I noticed like the more I drank my coffee, the more I was skipping words, the more I had to reread. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'm just tired today. So let me try it tomorrow. And I did that for three days in a row. And then there was a direct correlation between my inability to focus and actually retain information and when I was drinking the coffee. And so mm. I was like, you know what? Like I need to have full comprehension and be able to focus. So let me just cut it out. Yeah. And so I cut it out. And then maybe two months after, I was like, it's one of those days, right? Where you're just like, that's where usually caffeine comes back in for people. I was like, let me mm. just have one shot. Let me just have like one <laughs> shot. Man, I was on a call and I was shaking. I was like, oh my God, I have so much energy, but it's so much yeah. anxiety too. And I just didn't like the feeling. And I was like, I want this to stop, but I can't mm -hmm. until the caffeine wears out. But I was like, I never want to feel this again. So I just <laughs> like fully cut it out. Yeah, that's understandable. A lot of people uh, get really anxious with caffeine. Um, I'm, I'm not one of them for some reason. I feel like I, I stay pretty calm through uh, through my my like several shots of espresso if it comes down to it. it I don't ever drink that much coffee, but uh, a lot of people do get super nervous. So that makes sense. Yeah, and if you don't have reaction to caffeine, your adrenal glands are starting to be shot. <laughs> you should probably shot. take a break. Yeah, just uh, do a little resensitivate, uh, resensitivate, I can't say it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Resensitization yeah. phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, word, dude. Uh, so yeah. Um, I w let's let's talk a little more about how you. Uh, what what is your your clients when you um give them meal plans and such what uh how are you prescribing them like their meal plans i guess like are you going by what they like to eat are you going by their their macro goals things like that yeah so it'd be a little bit of everything right so obviously food intolerances food allergies obviously we want to be aware of macros and overall calories for where they're at in their journey because you know it's like we have to make adjustments as they progress along mm -hmm. um and then so it's still around that and their micronutrients as well a big part we're adding is now we're gonna have blood work initially. So then we'll have like actual data to be like, hey, you're deficient in this, let's adjust this mm. nutrition. All oh, meal that. plans are fully custom. We have a holistic nutritionist on our team uh, that takes care of all the nutrition for all the members ultimately. Mm. So yeah, it's fully tailored to, to, the, to the client. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the idea of the blood test there. Um, I feel like a lot of people will just skip over that. Um, so it sounds like you're very involved there, which is great because I think a lot of people who um, do meal plans and such in terms of like fitness and, uh, you know, just kind of just fitness goals and bodybuilding, whatever, a lot of times they don't take that in consideration. They just think about, you know, like calories and macros, but it sounds like you're very much on top of like the health side too there because you're identifying um, deficiencies through that blood test and it sounds like you're addressing them through diet, which is great. Yeah, of course. And the whole, again, the whole mission is to reduce the risk of chronic illnesses for people. So you can mm. eat your macros all you want, but if you eat shit food, you're going to get sick. You're not going to feel great, right? So the yeah. quality of the food matters tremendously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then uh, in terms of like training and everything, um, do you write all, you guys write all, is it just you who handles everything or do you have a team? Or? No, no, I have a team behind me. I only okay. we have like, maybe we have like 100 members right now. I handle about oh, wow. five of them. Um, I have wow. only a few exclusive members that I work with. Typically, they're like CEOs, entrepreneurs, super busy that need a bit more like help, basically. Yeah, sure. Um, so the majority of people work with our team. So we have a doctor of physical therapy on the team. We have certified personal Amazing. trainers. We have holistic nutritionists. So the majority of people work with our team. Mm. Um, and uh, does everyone that you work with, are they all um, eating plant-based? Is that how the meal plan works? Or do you guys work with anything else too? Yeah, of course. So... 
for a long time it was just for vegans and then we opened mm. it up to people that want to transition to eating plant-based and oh, so cool. whether someone wants to eat 70 percent plant-based 80 percent 90 percent 100 percent we'll help them with that as well mm-hmm. the goal is to get them there in the end uh not necessarily because some of them don't want to or don't want to have which they feel is a restriction and i'm like great man if i can get you to 80 percent plant-based like mm-hmm. huge difference in the lifespan yeah. and quality of your life so like i'm good with 80 percent. yeah yeah it's still a win so the, the goal is really just try to get them to eat more plant-based then yeah exactly that makes sense that's awesome man um and uh just in general if you had any uh, advice for um uh, people who just generally want to get in better shape, better health, they want to maybe recomp. Uh, what uh, what kind of what best pieces of info would you give them if you just met them, let's say at like an event or something? They're like, oh, dude, how do you stay so fit and healthy? What would you say? I would say sell a bunch of shit, save up your money, and hire a coach. Straight up. <laughs> I'll That's be honest great. with you. What's the alternative? You're gonna go on YouTube and watch pieces of advice from 50 different guys that look great. Probably half of them are on juice. And some of them are going to say things that contradict the other and you mm. don't know what to do. So then you're like training in many different directions. There's no, you know, progressive overload. There's no, there's no basics to what you're doing. It's all over mm. the place, right? You're yeah. running like a chicken with no head. Bad analogy for vegans, but you know, <laughs> running like a chicken <laughs> with no head. Yeah. And so you're just, you're in a sea of information that you don't know how to put together to get the, to get the outcome that you want. To yeah. me, I value time tremendously. And so it's like, man, sell sell your old iPod, sell your old iPad, like get some money, get a coach. He'll tell you exactly how to do it. Follow the plan. Then mm-hmm. you're going to get results. And on top of that, what's get added to it, your identity starts to shift. I'm the fit person. I'm the healthy person. I'm able to follow through on things that I said that I was going to do. That jacks up your confidence, which is true confidence. That translates into your relationship. That translates into your career. That translates into your business. Mm-hmm. And so just this one area of life if you master it it's the foundation to being able to level up all other areas so generally my piece of advice is get guidance somewhere mm. right whether you have to like work at work a little bit longer sell some old shit around your house which most people have mm. um you can easily afford a coach yeah that's good advice and it's also pretty original i, don't, I feel like most people wouldn't say that um i really like to hear how much that coach uh, and the coaches that you work with really influence your life and how you're also giving back to the community by, you know, also being a coach yourself and having this coaching business. Yeah, of course. So coaches are what changed my life ultimately. And that's why I'm such like a big fan of them. So Vince Lamonti was my first, my first mentor. I brought on some people from like a financial aspect, from a philanthropic aspect. You know, I don't know if you know who Tony Robbins is. It sounds familiar, but I don't think so. Okay, he's like the guy that started the coaching industry like 40 plus years ago, basically. He's like a self-development oh, wow. guru. I think that doesn't do it justice. But anyways, I joined his platinum partnership to have access to him and an elite group mm-hmm. of people. That's been a game changer. Just the networking and the extra additional knowledge that you get from being people that are in a different position. That's been a yeah. game changer. And so yeah. to me, instead of moving at 1x, which is the regular speed of life, I'm moving at like 50 X <laughs> because yeah. if I want something and I want to do something, I can just go to someone that's really successful at it. And I have access to them now and be like, Hey, I want to do this thing. They're like, great. Do exactly this. Because if you do this, you're going to waste 10 years in like 500 K my great. Yeah. Let's just do this. Cause that's so much cheaper and so much faster. So I just like to ask people that know how to do the thing. So I don't have to figure out how to do it. I just get to execute on the plan or put my team to execute the plan. So yeah. That's what's brought a lot of value. And obviously from a lot of the knowledge that I've gained in my own experiences, I'm able to pass that off to our members, right? All of our members, I mean, I'm upfront about them with this. Training nutrition is like 20% of their program, right? 
80% of our program is psychology, right? Because, you know, I give you a great plan. If you don't stick to it, nothing's going to change, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a magician. I'm a coach, right? So I obviously yeah. need you to stick to the plan. So limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, the things that are going to show up that are preventing you from doing the thing that you need to do. So we spend a lot of time on psychology, and that's kind of where I provide additional value in that space because a lot of my field of expertise. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. It just it, You literally are buying speed, right? Not the drug, the, like, actual speed <laughs> to achieve success in your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also like that a lot too. The psychology is really important. And that's a really important aspect. So the, uh, the coaching you guys provide sounds very holistic. It's not just like, I, I guess I, um, when I first originally heard, um, about what you did, I thought it really was focused only pretty much exclusively on recomposition, like getting into better shape, but it sounds like it's very much getting into better health and, you know, which obviously comes along with your BMI and your everything, what you're doing to get there, but also, um, just like the, the mentality of it too. And so that's, that's really awesome, man. I, I think that's, uh, that's much needed in the, uh, the space there, because I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people who call themselves coaches and such, they don't, uh, maybe that's not their thing or not, but they don't even really consider it. And it's very much a possibility. And yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. You combine everything. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's basically, I want people to be able to live to their fullest potential. You need to have the right body. You need to have a healthy body. You have to be a mo have a mobile body. You have to have a body that's not going to cause you any limitations. Your mind needs to be clear. You need to be thinking differently. So I just want to help people live to their fullest potential. Basically, I think it encompasses everything that we're, we're doing for the members. And if you listen to any of the video testimonials that they have, like the mindset is like the biggest part, right? Like that's the main mm -hmm. thing that comes back out of all of them. Yeah. Um, so what about for you? What's, uh, what's the next step? Uh, for Maxime? Ah, great question. Um, I'm building an empire so I can reach my mission that I set for myself. So when my ex-partner passed away from cancer, um, I made a promise to myself to impact the lives of 10,000 people, to get lean, thrive, and disease-proof their body on plants. And a mil by 2033, which is the age I will be when she passed away, she was older than me, and then a million by 2050. And so to me, I realized that if I just do fit vegan coaching, which is you know mm -hmm. a great program, um, some people won't connect with me. I'm too skinny for them. I look funny to them. I talk funny for them. So they won't connect with me. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized is I'm really good at building systems and scaling. And so what I do is I build vegan fitness coaching businesses for other people. So we have six mm -hmm. under our umbrella right now. And so we build a business for them. We help them to grow it and scale it. So if six of those people impact 100 people, I just impacted 600 extra people. Yeah. And they're going to connect with one of them because he's buff. One of them's more athletic. One of them's calisthenic. So they're going to connect with different people. So I get to have more impact. So mm -hmm. I chose to remove myself from the equation and that like, I don't need to impact everyone, but I can be a part of the machine that helps to impact more lives. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm focusing on for the next decade. That's, that's awesome, dude. Um, that's a really good point too. A lot of people, um, they need to hear certain information from someone they identify with. Um, I've heard this in a few ways before with uh, people who um, talk about like a lot of activism for veganism. Uh, mm -hmm. They say that a lot of times people won't listen to somebody else who has like a very strong, um, you know, like assertive voice with that kind of stuff. And, the, you know, maybe that person will listen to somebody else who's very scientific and like factual, less emotional. Yeah. So that makes sense. You got to like people have to find uh, who they connect with. And then that's that's who they're going to be drawing the most inspiration from. That's that's a really good uh perspective there it's very true yeah and it comes back to what i said about mentors find someone you connect with 
So same thing yeah. with fitness coach. Find someone that you connect with. You may not resonate with me, right? Just go with anyone else. Go with someone that you resonate in terms of like value and who they are as a person and how to live their life. I think that's really important. Everyone's a personal brand nowadays, right? Whatever you post online is your personal brand. So it's a representation of who you are. And however people perceive that, that's what makes them decide if they want to work with you or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, and then, uh, so people who are interested in finding um, your your uh, coaching and everything else that you do, uh, where could they find you? Yeah, uh, just fitvegan.ca. Okay. All right. Super simple. That's... Podcast, YouTube, everything's on there. Everything's on there? Cool. That sounds awesome, man. Um, is there anything else uh, you feel like we should uh, touch on that we didn't get to really talk too much about? Yeah, I don't want to... Um... I would want to be respectful of your time, but I also don't want to rush us too much. Yeah, no worries. Well, I just I always like to to end podcasts with with the same note. There's a lot of great pieces of information I was shared today that could be life changing, but the reality is that none of it will change your life unless you do something with it, right? So action is the only thing that can change your life. So what I always invite people is grab one thing that resonate with you from the podcast and implement something today with it. Don't delay till tomorrow because it won't happen or next week it won't happen. All right. So grab one thing, do something about that, start building momentum in that direction or else it's just cool shit that you heard on the podcast that won't change your life that you can tell your friends that, you know, but that's not changing yours. <laughs> uh, it's so true. There's so much good info in podcast podcasts that are just so it's so easy to hear it all. And yeah, you absorb some of it, but the most important things comes with uh, taking action and just like one little step, you know, and that's exactly what you're saying. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm happy we align on this. Well, I, I appreciate um, those are great questions. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and uh, so uh, on, you're on Instagram too, right? Is, is that uh, something different? Yeah. Is that uh, no? Yeah. Just if you go to fitvegan.ca, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, podcast, everything is linked in there in the top it's right corner. There. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for your time again, dude. And um, I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Aethics Approach Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to it on. And if you subscribe to the Aethics Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram page, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training, and nutrition programs, coaching services, and merch on athixfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would mean a ton to me. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.